Next thing you know, she's going to be wearing a MAGA hat and she's going to be on social media and be called Plantation Patty or something. I like dork farts better. This goat murder was thwarted by Americans, you see. That trendy upstart Walmart. Just get the same five or six poo-poo heads to be in the, the wrapper over the, all the stories. I didn't want a Sophie's Choice my vacation movies. Baboon shit instead of ape shit. You know what? Let's talk about maybe killing someone. Why don't we just do that because Hail Satan? Ah, another notch in my movie dork belt. I fixed a VHS tape. Till it just comes out my ears, nose, mouth, and ass. I thought you were going to say when a child dies, a demon gets its wings? I'm angry just hearing that. Enough good Skype for you. Time to die. It just magically disappears. It's a lot of magic in this show tonight. Welcome to Movie Freaks! I'm in my basement, in my back basement, sitting beside my furnace, on a fold-out chair beside my old Amishy refrigerator where you put you where you put meat and frozen goods. Because that's where our router is, and that's where I'm I'm sitting today because of Skype. So hello, here he comes, Eric Marner, ladies and gentlemen. In five, four, three, two, one, and oh, you think any of that's on going to be in the show? That's that's awesome. <laughs> I'm Eric. Oh, Marner. I already did my oh. <laughs> I already did my introduction. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> to this shit show. <laughs> oh, uh, hello. I'm I'm Eugene in my basement. I guess I'll do this again. I'm in my basement. Yeah, uh, you're, I, you're my... definitely more echoey. <laughs> oh, there's Skype issues again. <laughs> <sighs> Next, yeah. I think next time I'm gonna actually wear my router like I'm gonna, as a backpack on my back. It's... <laughs> Well, if you just plug it in, like a proto, oh, I can't do that. I I can't do oh, that. That's that's right. That's that's what Macs do. You see, USB C. That's the way of the future. Get on board. Genius. All other technology, <laughs> or or don't, and I'll just sit in the basement. <laughs> hey, do, will you Google something for me real quick? Um, sure. I should have screaming fast internet down here. <laughs> uh. Percentage of PC users versus Mac. <laughs> oh, there it is. I guess it's a lot. Yep. 7% use Macs. <laughs> um, maybe you join the rest of the world. <laughs> uh, this is this, this is why there are no viruses written for Macs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. I, I've got a virus already or two. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That guy was yep. really specifically after somebody. Oh, like he was extreme nerding out. Like, ha ha. Here's a here's my virus for Max. And I mean, all it did was it made a pop up something on my homepage. And uh, all right, a clean Mac. Okay, okay, bye. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, that's great. I get it. I'm your first one. <laughs> 
Yep, USB-C, it's the way of the future. And, yeah, now I, like, I was all ready to go, and I'm like, okay, and then I went to plug in my headphones, I'm like, oh, oh, whoops, I grabbed the wrong headphones because I've got to get a specific head, eh, <laughs> you got to get a proper dongle. Oh, and here I am on Yahoo homepage, and I see Trump's face three times on my homepage. Where is IMDb when you need... Ah, oh, there we go. Thank God. Now we're... When you need a bad synopsis of a movie. Of a movie, yes. Please, bring me back to reality. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Now we got pictures of Aladdin and uh, Captain Marvel and... Ah, uh, oh, of course, all right, all right, all right, it's on here for some reason, the beach bum, so <laughs> all is well in Eugene's universe. I uh, reset my router at least, I haven't done that in months because I have a super human, super duty, crazy, awesome router that I don't have to do that very often. I didn't get around to resetting the uh, modem, but I will do that before next show, maybe that's an issue, but we also bought, we have a brand new modem, I mean, it's an awesome modem that we bought, we own, you know, not one of the cheap ones they give you to rent. So how like let me ask how much did it, did it run because those things run run the gamut of prices. Uh, the uh, a really good modem cost us forty fifty bucks. Oh, nice. it, yeah, that's not bad. But that's just the modem part. Routers can cost out your ass. No, oh. uh, but where my router came from, see, is uh, my parents' other business. I wired that place for them, uh-huh. and so I went and. They said they don't. They want a good router. I was like, all right. So I went and bought this like two hundred, two hundred fifty dollar, awesome router with like four antennas that you can directionally affect where the Wi-Fi goes. <laughs> Not that you'd need it in this house because I can actually get on ours at my neighbor's house. Uh, so and I'm plugged in direct to that thing. The thing's a monster. Uh, they they didn't they didn't use router go Wi-Fi then. They just hardwired everything in. So they were like, here you can have this router. It's like sweet, thank you. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, we're, well, yeah, we've got the Apple, uh, Apple box or something that it gives us magic. <laughs> That's how we get an internet. It's, it's magic from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, for crying out loud. It's, I mean, it's, if it's not you, it's me. It's, uh, now it's, Oh, work shit going on. I mean, I got two different people texting me like, give me a call. Can you give me just 90 minutes of silence? Silence. But uh uh-uh. So now I'm, well, let's just keep the show rolling. I'm going to text my wife, call him. Okay. Well, we're going to have, we have to be done on time today because we're going to pick up kids. So, okay. Uh, Oh, my work stuff's been nuts today too, dude. Just crazy. All over the place. Had to drive to Cleveland, drop mom off at the uh, airport, and since then it's just been on the phone nonstop. Problem this and problem that and issue this and talk to that guy. And yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's been just hitting the ground running since I got back from Florida. And now that now that we're back, I mean, there's issues that we're dealing you know, Whenever you deal with old, run-down places, be it here or in Florida, there's issues. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, the picture that I just got from my contractor down in Florida, it's I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm like, not 
Not in my little happy bubble here. Not in my <laughs> not in my movie freaks bubble. That doesn't exist. That that busted pipe that I'm looking at in your picture. <laughs> no, it doesn't exist in Magic Land. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be like rodents or rats. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I. I, I mean, did they catch it right away, or was this running for months? No. Well, they're just continu- you're, they're continuing to do demo work, so they're digging more and more into this really really old condo, and they're just. It's really, really old. So there's, there's issues, yeah. but you know, we got it right. We paid, we got it right. Let's just say that. It's just anytime there's an added additional not good thing that drives the price up. But he sent me a picture and it's, it's not pretty. Like that's nope. <laughs> but I'll be right. It'll be all right. This show. Nope. Happy waves. Happy waves. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, other than other than this fold-out chair in my basement, I'm literally sitting amongst empty boxes of TVs, P-Station... P-Station. <laughs> now I'm getting the work my call. P-sta- my, my P-Station 4, now Eric's got to call Lego boxes. I'll just keep going while he's on the phone. I got my Mega Block Star Trek thing here. Oh, my PlayStation 3 is still sitting here. doesn't work. Oh, what else? Oh, Christmas stuff. Oh, the old PS3. Yeah. Um, hey, and if I want, I can just open up my freezer here beside me and grab some deer bologna and... I mean, can you pass it through the Skype vortex so I can have some? If not, then, you know, you're a bastard for even mentioning you have it. Yeah. Deer bologna and whipped cream. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I assumed you at least had some... Are you on a folding chair? Please just tell me you're on a folding chair. (laughs) Oh, I am. That's all. It's a folding chair. (laughs) I will say this, though. On my end, your Skype hasn't bothered me a bit. It's been perfect. Oh, well... Good. <laughs> <laughs> now we don't know if it's you in the basement or my router that I reset. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just assume it's your end and keep you down yeah. there. Hey, if this works, I I will, <laughs> much like air travel, like, I will sit in the lavatory bathroom after someone drops a deuce for two and a half hours as long as you get me there on time and safe. Otherwise, I don't give a shit. I, just because it was the travel day was just... It was just the travel day from hell and awful. And like, just, just get me there on time. I don't care if I have to stand upside down naked in the back of the plane. Just <laughs> fucking get me back, get me back home on time and safe. Yeah. Oh, yep. oh, I hate air travel, but it's a means to an end. Yep. Especially when you fly the rinky dink airlines with the, you know, the goats and the sheep and the, <laughs> the peasants, <laughs> Dr. Jones and. <laughs> Because essentially that's what Spirit Airlines was. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, come buy a ticket with Spirit Airlines. Uh, at the end of the flight, it's what you might become. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, oh, we're, we're, as, we're at least at 10 minutes of bitching and moaning and noises yeah. and basements and folding chairs. We have a bunch of corrections for last week. Uh, Daughters of, what was your movie? Daughters of Satan? Yes, that I think I was saying Daughters of Darkness. Yes, that's what I put it down. I'll correct that. Daughters of Satan. Uh, I have to review Bloodsport 3, Lost City of Z, and Umbrella Academy, and you have to review Screams of a Winter's Night. At Recently Watched. Okay? Okay. Because we teased all those things, and then we never got around to them, like proper assholes. <laughs> and how did we not make more mention that last episode was 237? I know. Should have been nonstop shining jokes last week. Yes, I I know. 
I know, and, and even the, our little uh, stick figure thing should have been something about oh. Red Rum or... Oh, I was in a bit of a hurry and I was pissed off because that episode took so long to edit. You're welcome, people. You have no idea. You think it sounded bad? Oh, I made it funny. You should have heard the uncut version because that was a chore. Anyway. Yeah, I will say that on your on my end as well, I can tell that Skype is it's behaving right now. Yeah, we'll just have to see. It's one of the two things we did. Yeah. Are you ready for the roulette? Let's do it. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And on this episode of the roulette, it is mine up against Haunting on Fraternity Row. And you're up first, sir. Okay, Haunting on Fraternity Row. From 2018, hour and 39 minutes, which doesn't seem accurate to me. Uh, Fraternity House throws their big winter luau party, and by luau, I mean, they talk about this party a lot, so you damn well know this is a big winter luau, because that's the movie, is a big party with obnoxious, really fucking obnoxious college dude bros and cheerleader types. Winter luau. Mm -hmm. And then... There's a spirit in a hole in the basement of the house, I think. Meanwhile, there's a party going on, by the way. It's a winter luau party, if I didn't make myself clear 30 seconds ago. Lots of drinking and saying, fuck this, because fuckity fuck. And (laughs) dude bros and cheerleaders. I already mentioned cheerleaders and dude bros. Lots of shenanigans through the parties that I finally ended up... Fair fair warning here, I actually... Fast forwarded this movie a little bit because this movie comprises, I would say, an hour's worth of dude bro partying. I, I get it. I get it. You're all getting shit faced. I, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, and then there are ghosts and a couple people get killed and then it ends and then there's a, a it, it, zero, zero. I could take a, my iPhone and go to and the local college and find better actors doing winter luau dude bro shit. It's stupid. <laughs> That movie can rot in hell. Back to you. Okay, mine. <clears throat> After a failed assassin... I want you to listen carefully to this synopsis. After a failed assassination attempt, a soldier finds himself... A soldier, Army Hammer, finds himself stranded in the desert. Uh, exposed to the elements, he must survive the dangers of the desert and battle the psychological and physical tolls of the treacherous conditions. Now, does this sound like trapped behind enemy lines... Running around, trying to survive. Yes, that's why I picked it. Yeah. For you. Wrong. Wrong. This is trapped behind enemy lines. Standing on a mine. That's why it's called mine. Because he's standing on a mine. For an hour and 46 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That is how I felt watching this fucking movie. Uh I was going to make that joke, but you made me do it. <laughs> As I was leaving, Corbin was like, I hate Demi. I said, yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, so that was about Demi. Yeah, that's why he screams. He's by himself. So he has nobody else to talk to. He, he, but, so, I guess what I thought, too. He goes to futz around with the dog, and then he lays on the ground. Then she starts stepping on him, and she's twice as big as him, and eventually she steps on him, and then he starts and then... screaming. And she wants to play, and he's just too little. 
And the little fucking dog will not come in here with me until he gets all wound up. You think your life is a zoo? <laughs> oh, wow. So, written and directed by Fabio and Fabio. I'm not bullshitting you. So, I'm going to spoil this movie. <clears throat> so, if you were... There, there's... It's, uh, calling this movie as an action or a thriller, that's pushing it. Ugh. So, Army Hammer goes into the desert with his little friend, and they find a sign buried in the sand, a little tiny sign, and they don't know what it says. Skull and crossbones. Like, oh, maybe there's some mines around here. And immediately I was like, oh no, oh no, I stumbled into a mine movie. We've already done this before, and I don't want to watch this. Mm. So, ah, his friend, who's kind of a mouthy idiot, walks forward, and yep, mine. So his friend gets his legs blown off, and then <clears throat> Army Hammer takes a step to help him, and he steps on something that goes click, and his buddy doesn't want him to risk his life to save him, so he blows, blows, blows his head off, and... I was like, all right, well, let's, we're down one asshole. If only the, my dog could be next. I might just let, let her outside without a leash. Go play in traffic, you stupid bitch. Um, so, for the next hour and a half or so, Army Hammer stands there and gets slowly more dehydrated, then starts having hallucinations, then is dealing with... She's looking outside the kitchen window and sees squirrels and shit. She can't handle it. I'm just going to throw this dumb dog outside. Let her bark out there where I can't hear her. I'm so curious what you could possibly be talking about in the 15 interruptions I've had in one... So, Army <laughs> oh, Hammer's I'm... in the desert, and uh, <laughs> where was I? Oh, yeah, he starts arguing with himself, and maybe then his ghosts of his dead buddy says, well, maybe it's not even a mine you're standing on, maybe it's just junk. And I was like, oh, we're introducing that idea now, that maybe it's not a mine? And then, you know, 52 hours later, uh, when his rescue is finally coming to rescue him, and he's on the verge of just dying, enemies show up and start shooting him. And then he has to shoot all them, without moving. And, uh, then the other, then the guys find him, and, I mean, wolves attack him at night and shit, and, uh, I, I fucking hated it. And I, I need to be clear here. The filmmaking is not necessarily bad, the techniques, but this story we've seen before, and it has adds absolutely nothing new, and it was way too damn long, and I just absolutely hated it. Um, uh, next, next round. <clears throat> okay, first up for you is I really tried to be nice this week. Um, and you were. Okay, good. Uh, the photographer of Mouthason, a.k.a. El Fotografo de Mouthason. And if you don't pick this, I would very much like a shot at this sometime because uh, this sounds really good and I'm into this type of history stuff here. Based on real events, uh, Francois, uh, a, a Spaniard inmate in the Nazi, con in the Nazi concentration camp of Mouthason in Austria who tries to save the evidence of the horrors committed inside its walls. And that, I, I, I am a sucker for old, like World War II, Holocaust, like that type of movies. So I think that sounds really good. Um, I'm assuming it's subtitled, but, um, yes, it is. So there you go. That's, um, okay. Anyway, next up is Triple 
Frontier from 2019. This is brand spanking new on Netflix. This is uh, a movie with Ben. Hmm? Tomorrow. Oh, is it? I thought it was yesterday that it came out. No, it's it's not up till tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, Triple Frontier. Uh, ben Affleck is in this. Five former Special Force operatives reunite to plan a heist in a sparsely populated multi-border zone in South America. The trailer looks awesome. This looks like theater quality level stuff here. So I think that of everything, this is probably about your safest pick. Um, and then last but not least is Christopher Robin. This is the Disney, obviously the Disney movie, with um, Ewan McGregor. This is a, an adult Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. <laughs> oh. I love the way you talk. <laughs> Waskowy Wabbit. Um, a working class family man, Christopher Robin, encounters his childhood friend, Winnie the Pooh, who helps him to rediscover the joys of life. And my wife actually watched this, and she thought it was magical. So uh, I wanted to watch it, but I was just, I was buried in code red fecal matter, I'm sure, or something. <laughs> so I wasn't able to, but the director has made some good movies, uh, some really good movies. World War Z, which I think is really good. Um, yeah. And so there you go. There's your three picks. Coming your way, The Hard Way from 2019. After learning his brother died on a mission in Romania, a former soldier teams up with two allies to hunt down a mysterious enemy and exact revenge. Michael J. White, Luke Goss, Randy Couture. 94 minutes action-y with a wrestler. That's got Eugene written all over it. Uh, the Super. This is your horror movie. 88 minutes. When an ex-cop becomes superintendent of an apartment building, he suspects the sinister janitor is behind the eerie disappearances of its tenants, Val Kilmer. And it's listed as horror movies, supernatural horror movies. And lastly, this would be your safe pick, Mission Control, The Unsung Heroes of Apollo. Combining archive footage with present-day interviews, this documentary explores how Apollo's mission control helped change the course of history. I can't imagine that's not safe. <clears throat> uh, what would you like, sir? Um, that's a pretty good spread right there. Um, I going back and forth with them and I'm like, well, you know what? I just, I just got done with, uh, Apollo or no first man. And so I'm going to give a pass on that one for now. Uh, I want to, I got to support my man Val Kilmer. So it's going to be the super. Oh man. You just love eating shit. I just, I do. I really, truly do. Um, you never know. He's going to be in the Top Gun sequel, so it might be something that good. I and doubt that we'll this see. has anything to do with that, but <laughs> <laughs> I also support Val Kilmer. Okay. As for me, I don't know what that first World War II, I don't know. I have never heard of that one. Uh, but Triple Frontier and Christopher Robin, I'm dying to see both of those. You can definitely keep Christopher Robin coming my way because I want to watch that pretty bad. Uh, but I'm all over Triple Frontier. That is just too good. And that's the safe pick of the week. And I ate my shit last week, so I will... Oh, I did too. I I shoveled that... I mean, it was... I had well, really I, bad I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> awful. That was so bad. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't explain to you how bad that was. And the fact that I seriously, like, I don't fast forward these movies. I sit through all of them. But that one there, I'm like, there's... there's I'm not missing anything. It's just more drinking and partying and saying fuck a lot. I, there was nothing I'm missing until that stupid hole in the wall of the ba- 
we're talking about that movie again. At least, I, it's, at least things were happening in yours. Mine was just a things dude were happening. standing things. in the desert. And, oh, by the way, it turned out he wasn't on a mine. <laughs> oh, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, wow. Ah, I actually, I was actually, actually expecting him to get blown up by the end. Kind of like Ryan Reynolds in the end of... Buried? Or he didn't get blown Buried yeah. or whatever that one and done movie. Ugh, I was uh, they was leaning that way in the third act of this movie too. Like I was like, oh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna kill him, and somehow they didn't. It's just, oh my god, it was so bad. <sighs> no more standing on mine movies, please. I think yeah. we're we've covered that. I'm oh, one well, especially because buried kind of it's the same scenario as buried pretty much, right? You. Yeah. You're, yeah. And so long. It should have been 80 minutes. Hour 45. Or maybe 20, 25 minutes, uh, Twilight Zoney type short movie. No, the best standing on a mine idea in cinema was Blown Away, where he finally finds Tommy Lee mm-hmm. Jones in that boat, and then he steps on the bouncing Betty, and but he realizes he's just messing with his head, and so he steps off the damn thing. And it comes up, and it blows up, and it's full of confetti. That was awesome. Ah. Damn good movie, by the way. Okay, there you go. Next week on the roulette, it will be Triple Frontier up against the Super. Are you ready to move on to our actor spotlight this week? Yes. Chevy Chase. And uh, how many did you come up with? I came up with seven. Of the... Well, I mean, I mainly just picked the ones that I've seen and ranked them. Because the ones that I've seen, I actually like them all. That's fine. How many? Ten. Oh, okay. Now, I think that we're going to have differing, like, starting with number ten, it, I think we're, is going to set the set the bar as to what I'm considering a Chevy Chase movie and maybe what you're considering a Chevy Chase movie. Uh, well, I've got seven. So uh, okay. you go ahead and do ten, nine... Eight and seven. Okay. Starting with ten, I have Vacation Remake. Now, he was essentially just a cameo in that movie, and that's why I have it at number ten. I think the Vacation Remake is hysterical, but as a Chevy Chase movie, it's not a Chevy Chase movie. It is... He's got a really a quite funny cameo in it, but that's why I put it on there. And I almost didn't include that, but I'm like, well, I want to try and stretch this out to 10. And that's the only reason that I put it on there. That's totally fine. I have no problem with that. Okay. Uh, number eight. Now from here, How about nine, like, how about we go with number nine? Oh, I guess I should. Yeah. Yeah. The secret number nine. Uh, let's just spring that on you. It's Fletch lives. And the reason it's number nine is I remember so little about the movie. I do remember snippets of the movie, uh, but I don't remember much of it. So, and even that it's kind of a, I don't know. That's, not really fair because if I'd watch it again, I might love it, but it's been so many years. I don't really remember it. Whereas all the rest of these, I remember quite well. So that's why it's at number nine. I think that's fair. Okay. And then number eight, and then we should be on the same page here, uh, is Caddyshack. And again, I, I, this one here, I remember pretty well, but he is a little bit more of an ensemble. Like there's an ensemble cast and he's kind of the, a side character, I guess. So I didn't want to, it's funny movie. It's really, really funny. Uh, but I didn't feel right rating it higher than that because he is just one small part of that movie. Totally fair. Number seven. 
Uh, okay, number seven. Now, here's where we get into the movies that I remember and that I consider him to be a kind of a main star. Uh, European Vacation. I've always liked this movie. It is lesser than the original Vacation, but I think it's still funny. Those, those Vacation movies, especially European Vacation, well, shit, even Christmas Vacation, almost feel like little Saturday Night Live sketches all just bumped back to back to back to back to back and then roll credits. Like, he goes from one wacky situation to the next to the next, and there's kind of a wraparound story of, we're going to Europe. And then it's, here's a funny clip, and then here's a funny clip, and then here's boobies, and here's a funny clip, and that's really all European Vacation is. I think Christmas Vacation might have a little bit more of a story, but not much. But that's essentially what those vacation movies are, is... Well, and Christmas Vacation's in one place. So, yeah. whereas the other vacation movies, they're traveling, so you can go from thing to thing. Even uh, Vegas Vacation, that which is, isn't bad. Did you ever see mm-hmm. that one? Yeah, I did, yes. Okay. I don't remember. Now, that one there, I remember nothing of, so I didn't, I didn't include that one on my list. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm sorry, what was seven? <laughs> what was your... No, oh, European, <laughs> European Vacation? Okay, okay. I forgot which vacation you had actually listed as the one. Uh, number seven for me is Spies Like Us. Two bumbling government employees uh, think they are spies, but they're just a decoy for nuclear war. And great casting. It's Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. I mean, the shit is just hilarious. I, I bumped it to the bottom because it's not as funny as some of these other ones, and it's... Um, I don't know. It's not quite as memorable, I think. But it's still quite a funny movie, and somewhat underrated, as I recall. Uh, from at least what other people think on and say on the internet. Yeah. Number six. Six for me is Spies Like Us. Uh, this one here, I have uh, fond memories of watching it with my mom and dad in the theater. I don't really recall them liking it, but I I enjoyed it when I saw it. I thought it was a good movie. And I like I just, just their their camaraderie and how they worked off each other really good. And there's I still remember a couple of genuinely like laugh out loud funny parts in the movie and it's good. It's a good it's not the best, but it's a very good Chevy Chase movie. Chevy Chase slash Dan Aykroyd right. joint venture. And as I recalled in the end they teamed up with some hot Russian spies and they disarmed the nuke yes. and then they went into some tents and were bang I can't imagine why your parents didn't like that movie. Uh, number six <laughs> yeah. for me, I went a little bit of a different route than you did. Instead of stretching it out to ten, I I couldn't quite do that because I have vacation and European vacation. I have them number number six. And the reason being mm. is I think I like them about the same. They each have stronger oh. and weaker suits uh, to each movie, but uh, at the end of the day grade, I think I put them at about the same level. So I didn't want, want to put one above the other. I didn't want to pick one of my... I didn't want a Sophie's Choice my vacation movies. <laughs> so, so uh, vacation and European vacation, number six. Okay, number five for me is Three Amigos. This is the John Landis movie from two, uh, 1986. That's got Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short. Now, this is, again, a, a little bit more of an ensemble cast, but not quite like I think Caddyshack was. This is a hilarious movie. I love it. It's 
it's funny and weird and has a little bit of like it seems like it has a little bit of naked gun Leslie Nielsen type humor but not too much it's not full on that but man what a great movie I it just every, even just thinking of the title brings a smile to my face <laughs> I love the meme going around Facebook that these three men helped liberate Mexico in 1830 will you be do you have the guts to share their picture and it's the cover of Three Amigos. Three Amigos. <laughs> I kind of remember them singing a song about, like, we're the three. And I yeah. kind of remember Steve Martin, like, really, one of them really drags it out. And I just, every time I would watch it, I would just side-splitting hilarity. Yep. Uh, number five for me, once again, I'm doubling up, is Fletch and Fletch Lives. I just rewatched both these on VHS, and I was surprised that I quite enjoy Fletch Lives. Is it as good as the first one? I I mean, they both, again, have high points and low points, and I kind of put them at about the same. I really enjoy both of them. So, number five for me is Fletch. Fletch lives. It's too bad he didn't keep making those movies. I know at one point, Kevin Smith had a script, and oh, was, yes. they were trying to do that in the 90s, and they just couldn't work it out. How perfect would that have been, Kevin Smith directing a Fletch movie that he wrote in the 90s, like back then when he was really in his in the wheelhouse yeah. of that kind of comedy that he was doing uh, at that time. That would have been great. So good. Number yeah. four. Four is Christmas Vacation. And I have, I've seen this movie probably a thousand times now, it seems. I know the movie by heart. And, you know, I tell me any, like, say any certain scene and I could probably recite dialogue from this movie. This is one of my wife's favorite Christmas movies. We watch it every <laughs> Every year, every year, the Griswolds and Clark uh, looking out the window and Melikaliki Maka is the man, the man, the girl jumping in, which, of you know, back in my wee days, you know, that always made my, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny because that movie there is kind of sort of, in my extended Weaver family, it's con- kind of considered a a family movie. And we've, on occasion, way back in the day, used to watch it on VHS. And, like, with a bunch of, you know, conservative types and whatever. And then, I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. And, you know, I'm like an awkward teenager. And I'm uncomfortable for various reasons. And they're uncomfortable. But still, anyway, I digress. Christmas Vacation is pretty funny. It's <laughs> It does its job every year. Um, number four for me is Caddyshack. <clears throat> I agree with you, it is an ensemble piece, but he really stands out in that role, and he is so funny. Everybody in that movie is so damn funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a classic, and it's too bad that... I haven't seen Caddyshack 2, I don't know since when, but that is widely considered one of the worst sequels of all time. I wonder if maybe I shouldn't give it a watch, since I like Fletcher. Me too! Wars. Maybe I should give it a chance, but... I kind of remember not liking it either, so I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe one day. Number three. Number three for me is Fletch. Uh, again, this was like back when Chevy Chase was in his prime. This was like mid eighties. Usually his movies were PG. And so we would, we would go see a lot of these in the theater and Fletch was one of them. And again, I loved that movie. I still remember that movie. I've seen it several times since the theaters. Every time I watch it, I, think it's great. And John, oh, Joe Don Baker is in it, which just so you know, when you listen back to this episode to edit, 
I've already talked about Joe Don Baker. So, hey, hey, welcome back, Joe Don Baker. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm in. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, Joe Don. Uh, great movie. I do wish that uh, this series would have gone on. It just felt like that was almost his, I don't want to say James Bond, but kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. He always would get fired and rehired by the end of the movies. It was, oh, they're so good. Yes, they are. I agree. Number three for me is Three Amigos. This movie is so damn funny, I die every time I watch it. And But I'm a huge Martin Short fan. He kills me. I just watched, rewatched one of his movies this week that I used to watch all the time back in the VHS days. I found it on VHS, snapped it up. I was like, man, I wonder if this comedy will hold up. Holy shit, it did. I was crying. I'll talk about that maybe later if I have time because I already got so many movies to review from last episode. But uh, he almost steals that show too, and that's something going up against Chevy yeah. Chase and uh, who's the other person in that movie? Um, Steve Martin. Yes, there you go, Steve Martin. Yeah, Th- those are the th- like three titans of of comedy, especially back in the eighties. Yeah, amazing, great film, great. Number two. Number two for me is National Lampoon's Vacation. This this is the original one. Uh, I I grew up watching this movie on VHS with a taped version off of television. Like this is back when I have a VCR and I'm going to tape everything, commercials and all, because. You know, this, I can. That was my streaming service. So I would watch this movie edited over and over and over and over. And then I finally got to watch the real version of the movie, which is very raunchy and funny and way better, obviously. And I just, I, I love this movie. Like this movie has more, I have, I'm more attached to this movie and my childhood than I am, like, say, Christmas Vacation. Even the poster art, the original poster art with like this huge buff Clark Griswold holding the tennis racket or right. whatever he's, and, and you know, sexy wife hanging off his leg. And it's like a cross between Conan the Barbarian and Star Wars or something. Mm-hmm. And it totally works and it's great. And Harold Ramis directed it. Uh, it, everything I think came together so good in that movie. And Beverly D'Angelo was great in it. Uh, I think even better than Christmas Vacation. It, just, it's one of my favorite comedies from the 80s. Very much one of my favorite. Isn't Eugene, I think Eugene Levy might even be in it. So there's an extra little added prop because <laughs> my name's Eugene. <laughs> that's the only reason I'm bringing up Eugene Levy is because that's uh-huh. he's like the one and only person in Hollywood named Eugene. <laughs> oh, no, there's a couple. Some mm. Somebody's got to grip these booms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yep. Number two for me is... Without a doubt, the funniest Chevy Chase movie to me, and that is Funny Farm. I remember watching this back in the day when it came out. And I was like, all right, it's funny. And then <clears throat> later in life, when I was in my 20s, and a buddy of mine said, oh, dude, he was like quoting lines. And I'm like, what is that from? Like, that sounds familiar. Well, it's from Funny Farm. I'm like, okay, I thought it was all right, worth a watch, but eh. And he got me to sit down and watch it again. And we watched it over and over and over and over, and ran lines left left and right, and still to this day, I, I cannot see him for five years. We bump into each other, we're running lines from Funny Farm. I adore that movie. It is amazing. And what I'm going to do to my dog at some point, I'm just going <laughs> to let her run, and look at her run, look at her go. <laughs> uh, I, I And here's something else, too, while doing this research for this episode. 
I assumed that Funny Farm came out kind of early 90s. I was wrong. And then I started looking at some dates, and wow, I was very wrong on when some of his movies came out. So we're going to derail for just one second before we do our number okay. ones. Spies mm-hmm. Like Us, 1985. 1986, Three Amigos. Now, in 1988, he did three movies. Couch Trip, I don't know what that is. Funny Farm, and Caddyshack 2. If you put a gun to my head, I would have told you Caddyshack 2 came out before Funny Farm. Like, years mm-hmm. before Funny Farm. Now, then I, uh, some of these other movies I also would have said came way before Funny Farm. Fletch Lives. That was, that was 1989. So that came out after Funny Farm. Christmas Vacation was 1989. What a couple of years he had right in a row there. Just bam, 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 where he put out like five movies that are, we have called classics on different parts mm-hmm. of the show. Which is just wild. I don't know. I always, I don't know. I just thought that movie came out like 93 or 4, you know, but uh, no, 1988. Uh, anyway, I love that movie to death. And now you're going to really disappoint me one way or the other with your number one. So go ahead. Yep, and I know I know which way I'm I'm leaning here. Uh, number one for me is Funny Farm. That's okay. Yeah, uh, this is by far my favorite Chevy Chase movie. It is like the perfect cul- culmination of why I love '80s Chevy Chase. It's the comedy is perfectly timed. There's a couple of syrupy sweet moments, but they work in context of this movie, and I don't mind it. It's the end Christmas stuff is great. So it's like you get a little bit of that heartwarming Christmas type stuff. Uh, but the hilarity that comes before it is perfect. The dog running back and forth the field is one of the funniest <laughs> memories of growing up of a movie. I can remember it's, it's, that is actually one of the few connections that I have with my dad is we both think that that is one of the funniest things in a movie ever is that damn dog. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> Look at him run. Look at him Look run. Look at him run. <laughs> and this is the one, I believe, where he eats a whole shit ton of bull balls at a restaurant. Rocky Mountain Oysters. Yeah. I think okay. so. Okay. That's, that's just hilarious. Uh, everything about the movie is I great. love when, when the, the delivery people can't find their house to bring their furniture and oh, stuff. And <laughs> it, it says to go that way, across the bridge. That's not a bridge. That's termites holding hands. <laughs> You know that the director of this movie, uh, George Roy Hill, he was the director of The Sting, Butch Cassidy, was it? Yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, uh, Slaughterhouse. I mean, he's got so he doesn't have tons, uh, but he's got a good resume. The Sting is in my top one hundred of all time, easily. So, but it, I love it. I love it. And the reason that your number one is not on this list is, I think I watched it one time and I was kind of meh on it. I don't. Oh. Wow, that is not what you said on the show. So either you were licking my ass or <laughs> what was going on there? You're like, I don't want to hurt his feelings because uh, he loves this movie. But you were, te- I remember you texting me throughout this movie saying how much you liked it. So huh? I kind of remember that. Yeah, I, you were like, I can't believe, I remember you distinctly saying, I cannot believe I've never watched this movie before. Like you were digging it that much. Hmm. Now watch. Well, go I- ahead with your number one. Is from John Carpenter, Memoirs of an Invisible yeah. Man. Uh, I've watched this movie so many times over the years. I absolutely love it. The reason that it gets my number one spot is because, and looking through the rest of his filmography, I'm like, I, 
I never saw Chevy Chase like take that. I mean, he's always been a great comedian and comedian actor, comedic actor, but you never really see him take that, try that serious role that a lot of comedic actors do at some point or another. Maybe there were some in there that I've, I've just never seen, but I feel like while he does give a comedic performance in this movie, he's very funny. It's not a straight up comedy and he yeah. does act well. Uh, even though he's making jokes here and there along the way, a lot of times it's to save his ass or to get out of a situation or, you know, he's trying to be, uh, quick witted to get out of a, a, a situation where people are trying to kill him. He's got Daryl Hannah being in her prime, beautiful, uh, just gorgeous, awesome. And, uh, uh, Sam Neill as the villain chasing him down CIA kind of spook guy or whatever. Fantastic. I love this movie from top to bottom. I watched it so many times growing up. So many great tricks. This was when CGI was still kind of in its infancy, but they Carpenter employed it in the right way where he would drop a VHS tape off and they put it in and, and on the VHS tape they would have oh, a coffee cup floats and a pencil and they, oh, see, no strings, I'm invisible. So you had uh, the camera looking through another TV, so it, it, if it looked a little off, it was okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it was a way yeah. of covering up their effects. Other than that, it was just lots of green screen and trickery, but in the end, it really works. And if you're now saying you were meh on it, boy, that's not what you told me last time, I don't think, but I'd have to go look it up to be sure. I just remember I was like, yay, Eugene dug it! <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember much of it at this point. I I didn't hate it, I just, it's kind of vanished from my memory. Much like the Invisible Man! <laughs> Yep. Um, <laughs> well, I think it'd be a good wife movie, so you could at least sit down and give it a rewatch with her if they had ever released yeah. the damn thing. I know. Uh, that's another thing with Chevy Chase movies. Literally every single one on that list, uh, my wife has either watched with me or she would probably enjoy. And she's not a huge 80s movie fan, but there are certain types that she can enjoy. And actually, I would assume that Funny Farm would probably be her favorite. Well, no, Christmas Vacation would probably be, but she loves Funny Farm as well. Yeah, Christmas Vacation didn't even make my list. I'm yeah. I'm good on that. I've, I've watched it a handful of times, and this last time I watched it, I was like, wow. I am good on this. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, you're funny, because you're emptying your poop into the sewer. Like, <sighs> nah, mm-hmm. I'm good. My favorite part you're... of that movie is the sled ride. That still makes me howl with Which laughter. Which is, that is funny. It's funny when Clark Griswold, like, finally gets down the hill and goes at whatever. It's like, oh, there's a Walmart. And I'm like, they actually had Walmarts back in 1989, which I'm sure they had Walmarts way before then. But it just seems like, yep, wasn't Kmart the big thing back then? Now it's Walmart. I don't know. <laughs> That's when Walmarts were coming in. They were. A- so that was like, the yeah, the way of the future. Mm-hmm. Walmart. That trendy upstart Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else to add for Chevy Chase? Nope. I like him. I've always liked Chevy Chase. I know he's done some weird shit, like in personal weird shit. Uh, I, but I've always, I always smile when I see him on screen. Like, yeah, there's old Chevy Chase. Even in Hot Tub Time Machine, a very, very small role, but even the few lines that he's given are hilarious. And his dry sense of humor that works so well is in that movie, especially in spades. But I think that he had a little bit more, or I connected with him a little bit more in, in the vacation remake because he was Clark Griswold is back and here he is. Yeah. So. Another thing I really liked about Invisible Man is 
<clears throat> it made me think about things with uh, uh, being invisible that I had never thought about before. And it dealt with some of the issues of being invisible that most movies have never dealt with, like eating. At one point he was eating mm. and you could see everything that he was eating. I remember that. Uh, another scene he's talking about, because he does a lot of voiceover narration in the movie, he's talking about sleeping. He's trying to sleep. He's trying to find a place to sleep. He has such a hard time sleeping because he can see through his eyelids. What a nightmare that would be. Oof. Uh, in the end, spoiler, I guess, he is able to escape his villain because he got dust on his coat and he holds the coat out and is acting like it's him and tricks the guy to walking off an edge. You know, so things you don't think about, like, sure, I'd be invisible. And then, well, okay, if it's sprinkling outside, everybody can see you. You look like a ghost. Or mm -hmm. if you walk into some mud, there's some mud prints going down. It's why the story of the Invisible Man is so ridiculous. It's not like you just walk around invisible. It, you know, you'd have to be a supernatural ghost of some sort for that to work. Otherwise, you would have some sort of dust or dirt on you that would give you some sort of visual uh, but that's what I appreciate about this movie, at least. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I I like Chevy Chase. <laughs> okay. That's all uh, I got to say. <laughs> me too. Let's move on to your review of Screams of a Winter Night. Screams of a Winter Night. Oh, right. From James L. Wilson. This was released by Code Red slash Dark Force. Or as some people refer to them online, Dork Farce. An <laughs> anthology in which a group of... Oh, I'm serious. A uh, group of college co-eds also... I, I believe you. I'm going to start calling oh, I'm them sure, yeah. Dark farts or whatever. <laughs> yeah, dork farts. <laughs> <laughs> I like dork farts better. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> uh, which a group of college co-eds, and the, by college co-eds I mean like 30-somethings, maybe pushing 40. Uh -huh. uh, they spend a winter's night in a remote cabin to pass the time they tell scary stories to each other. And by scary stories, I mean not scary stories. Uh, the actors in the quote-unquote scary stories are actually themselves playing different roles because I'm sure budget limitations. Let's just get the same five or six poo-poo heads to be in the, the rapper or the, all the stories. It was... I mean, I shit on a lot of like these new release, the new release garbage on Netflix, but every now and then one of those late seventies, early eighties movies that I so worship comes along in a remastered whatever Blu-ray and I watch it and I'm like, no, that's, that was awful then and it's probably even worse now. And this is one of those movies. It's awful writing that all of the stories are either nonsensical or have little to no payoff. It's like, okay, well, that's whatever. This, the only claim to fame that this movie has is that for pretty much all of its existence, there was one short story that was cut out of it. Why? I don't know. I, it doesn't matter to me because the movie isn't good, but this Blu-ray actually incorporates that short story back into it that was cut out. And it is the best one of the bunch. It has a little bit of creepy, scary imagery for a horror movie, I guess you could call it. But uh, that one there was mildly diverting entertainment. The rest of them were just terrible. Bloodless. It's like it's PG rated, which is fine if you're good. But uh, if you're not good and you're a horror, if you're not good and you're a horror movie and you're PG, you're doing something wrong. You got to do, you know, throw some tits my way or throw some fake blood my way or do something. <laughs> This movie did nothing uh, other than being shot on film. And again, that added extra scene was 
kind of sort of good in a fake puppet witch sort of way. Oh, now I make it sound awful when it it probably is in the context of the whole like scheme of horror movie. I'm done talking about (laughs) screams of a (sighs) woman. Do you want to do another one or? Um, did I review a banana ass movie or banana ass movie? Well, close to it. Uh, Shockma. (laughs) Did I review Shockma? (laughs) Banana banana ass. (laughs) Uh, that was another one you were supposed to. I do not see it. Go for it. Let's review. Sh- yeah, let's review Shockman. Get both of the code banana ass movies done. Uh, Shockman is from. Is 19- it Shock uh, M A? It's S H A K M A. Shockma. That's the that's the baboon's name in the movie. Uh, it's a baboon that is. Uh, jacked up on some sort of tranquil or some some form of steroid or something to make it go completely baboon shit instead of ape shit. Uh, that was a stupid. Oh, I got cut it. Cut I that. got it. Okay, yeah, it wasn't funny. That was lame. The wild animal attacks people trapped in a large. Uh, so, uh, one thing that I this is a, actually a decent movie. I liked that. Uh, I like when I watch one of these older movies and. Someone like you see someone in the movie, and you're like, "Boy, that person really looks familiar." Like I should know uh, who that person is. <clears throat> and then it's like, she looks kind of like the blonde girl in Nightmare on Elm Street. And then it's like, she is, I, is the that? blonde girl in Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Amanda Weiss. Oh She yeah, was in yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, and she was also in the Better Off Dead, which I thought was great. You ever see that movie, Better Off Dead? With Better Off Dead. Not ringing a bell, but I'll look it up. Okay, uh, that was with John Cusack. Uh, anyway. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Um, but I thought, I mean, I've just growing up like in Nightmare on Elm Street, like she was the hottie. Like I know Heather Landingkamp got all the glory, but I loved Amanda Weiss in that movie. I recognize this cover of Shock My. I might have actually seen this. I think this is on uh, Shop Factory TV or something. It might be. I might. Have... Although this is a Code Red movie. I don't know. I, or I don't know. I think I watched part of it. Well, anyway, so what's funny is that this is obviously in the days before internet and all that, but the whole premise of the movie is this group of uh, medical students, or like pet, animal, whatever, veterinary students are trapped in this building, and uh, and they're doing this Dungeons and Dragons type of game to where there's one guy on a computer, Waddy McDowell, actually. And he's giving commands. Or he's like the the wizard guy. And then the rest of these people are going through the building, trying to find clues. And they have walkie-talkies. And then there's com- other computers with clues and whatever. It's it's so cheesy and lame, but in a way, it's like it's cool. I like I appreciate what they were trying to do, and it makes it it gives everybody a reason to be wandering around this building with them all locked in. It's like, okay, I get it. And there's a prize at the end. Meanwhile, this baboon goes completely, I'm not going to make that joke again, completely ape shit. That's the proper version of the joke. Uh, uh, see, now I'm messing it up. Cut that out. It, the the baboon know. goes crazy. <laughs> you keep making it funny. I keep telling uh. you, it's funnier if you explain it. So, you know. <laughs> oh, but, but I will say that um, two things about this movie. One, it's, actually quite gory uh, and I'm impressed with the effects that they used like they they use these this baboon a lot 
in a lot of the scenes, and I'm pretty impressed with that. And then the aftermath is pretty gruesome. So thumbs up to that. And also, so the way they got this baboon to go completely, yeah, ah, I was going to do it again. I was going to say that again. Third time's I'm a charm. Say, just, yeah, I'm not going to go that route yet. Um, yeah, oh, no, I'm trying to think of another way to say ape shit. <laughs> Oh, oh. Mental. They put a, he goes completely uh, mental, man. Yes. So this uh, baboon is going completely mental. Uh, is supposedly there was a another baboon in heat on like the other side of the walls of wherever this this ape was, or the baboon was going crazy over, and that would make the baboon go crazy. And that's like, boy, that's almost like cruelty to animals, kind of, isn't it? Like. You have, like, the this thing goes crazy and legit, like, it's a real, like, I'm not looking at a puppet. I'm looking at a real baboon. I would be terrified of that thing. Yeah. And they filmed it doing, doing its crazy jumping up and, like, trying to smash through doors. And that's because there was, his mate was on the other side. It's kind of interesting yet at the same time. I'm like, that's, you probably couldn't get away with that nowadays, I'm guessing. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. I was particularly terrified by the scene where he was trying to crash through the wall and some of the drywall came apart and he found a broken pipe and he texted the guy. He was like, Hey, <laughs> said, hey, look. By the way, I'm in, uh, in prison here's and everything. Thousand but... dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in the middle of his podcast. Uh-huh. <sighs> anyway, Shockma from Code Ass blew out. <laughs> that you oh. keep buying. Okay. <sighs> Bloodsport three. Now, I'm going to read the official IMDb synopsis here, and there's a particular reason for that. Bloodsport 3 brings us back to the world of Alex Cardo. This time, he was battling a fight to end all fights. The Kumate. The most vicious warrior alive. Beast. Uh, dot, 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 things happen. The reason I read you that is, let's see, Bloodsport 3, 1996. When did Bloodsport 2 come out? Because we're returning to the world of Alex Cardo. Huh. Bloodsport 2. 1996. Hmm. So, that was, uh... Bloodsport 2 came out March 1st, 1996. Bloodsport 3, May... No, wait a minute. It says video... Oh, it never got released, so... Oh, I guess it's been a year. May 97. But it says 96, so I guess it came out somewhere in 96. Yeah! This movie... Belongs banished to VHS, where I delightfully own it. Uh, I like Daniel Bernhardt, even though he's just doing his most vicious Van Damme impression throughout the entire thing, yet is probably a foot taller than him. It looks like he is. Uh, John Reese davies is in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, no kidding. James Hong, yeah. you would know him as well. Pat Morita. Uh, so that, Party kid? Yep, there's a good cast. It's an interesting movie. It's very 90s. It's fine. Kumate, lots of screaming. Yeah! That kind of stuff. Extreme, over the top. It exists, and I own it. Lost City of Z. How many blood sports... Oh, hold on. How many blood sports are there? There, There's more than the three of them, isn't there? It feels like there's a bunch of those. God, I hope not. (laughs) Because you have to get them. I will. I gotta track down part two and... Blood sport... And and the funny thing is, both those came out like in '96, and the first Bloodsport came out in '88. 
So we had almost a decade mm. between sequels, which is odd. Not going to tell me about the sequels now. Legacy. Okay, we got Bloodsport 4, the dark Kumite, because, you know, the regular Kumite wasn't dark enough. Where you can just so kill we get, people. We got to go dark. Yeah. You got to pay in Bitcoin to get in. Okay, can I talk about Lost City of Z now? Oh, please. Uh, directed by James Gray, the director of some other movies I like, like The Yards and We Own the Night. And here we have this <clears throat> a true life drama. That's important. A true life drama. Hi, Joni. Uh, centering... <laughs> oh, don't just wave. I get interrupted 15 times. You're not, oh, she says you're not going to acknowledge the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a true life drama centering on British explorer Colonel Percival Fawcett, who disappeared while searching for a mysterious city in the Amazon in the 1920s, starring Charlie Hunan, Robert Pattinson, and Sienna Miller. And Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And Angus McFadden. You know who that is? Mm, I don't believe so. Uh, he was in uh, 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 Braveheart. Ian McDermott. You know who that is? Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Good cast. Okay. So, I have lots of friends online who love this movie and give it huge marks and high praise. And most of this movie I quite enjoyed and was very curious to see where it was going and how it was going to end up at two hours and 21 minutes. But then we get to the end, and we get to that thing that triggers Eric every single time when we're talking about what? A true life mm. drama. And in the end of this movie, because I'm going to spoil it, because fuck this movie. <laughs> he, he, you know what? Before I spoil it, let me explain the movie. So he is tasked, he's in the army, but they don't really like him because he's, I don't even remember now, it's half- Irish, half Scottish or something, so he's not pure blood, he's mixed blood. So he can't ever rise in rank, because the dirty, filthy prick that he is. And then uh, he is sent into uh, the jungle, I want to say the Amazon. Yeah, the Amazon, there we go. And the reason being that rubber trees are a big commodity, and uh, these two countries are kind of warring, and so you need to go figure out where their border is down this river, so that we can settle the dispute, and that way the trees on this side are theirs, the trees on that side are theirs. Okay, that makes sense. So he is sent in on a pretty much a death mission. That like nobody comes back from this place. So he goes, and even gets called back before he sets off on the final journey. And he says, "Fuck that! I'm gonna go do my mission because I'm a dirt blood and I want to be a pure blood or some shit." And so off he goes, and he they set off and to find the, the, the start of the river. So they, they pop on the river. They got to go down and find where the river begins. And immediately, like, with that day, half their crew gets taken out by natives and arrows, and it's harrowing. And I think we're doing a jungle movie. I think, okay, we're going into the jungle, and that's where we're going to be the rest of the time. This is going to be crazy. They go, I mean, people die. They go for a couple days. Things seem hopeless. They finally find the start of this river. But he also finds some pottery in the middle of the jungle, which is weird. And he notes, that's weird. Well, we're at the start of our journey. Now we know where the start of the... the uh, we can take a reading where the start of the river is. Now we can delineate the border between these two countries. And cut to him back in England getting awards for doing it. I was like, oh, wait, what? Is he having a dream? Like, we were almost in delirium state. I thought 
Okay, I guess... Is he having a... I was waiting for them to say it's a dream. It's not a dream. He was back. His son is now went from like two to seven. Because the 1920s, it takes you a long damn time to get around the world. He was gone for years. His son barely recognizes him, and he has another son who's an infant. So he hangs out there for a little bit, and he's like, you know what? I think I need to go back. I think, I, you know, we found some pottery. I want to try and find this lost city. Get some funding. And go. We're starting it off. We're going back, man. We're going down the river. This is it. We're going to go find this thing. And then a couple people die, and some bad stuff happens, and some cannibals here and there. PG-13, this movie's rated, by the way. For your cannibal love, just know where, uh. where you're at. And when all hope seems lost, and there's, like, no way to turn back, and we've got to make it to the ocean, cut. We're back in England. And he has another son. And... The other son is mad at him now because he's a, t- a tweenager and he keeps taking these trips where he's gone for years. And it's like, okay, I guess he made it back, all right. So then he stays at home and tries to help raise his boys until he's, an, you know, starting to be an older man. He's grand and his son has grown up some and now his son is like, I want to go, Dad, on these adventures you talk about. We should go find this lost city of Z that's made of gold and blah, 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 blah. Let's do it. It's father and son. You've come back before. It'll be dangerous, but we can do it. You've gone twice. Let's do it. And his wife is hesitant, but she can see in his eyes he's always wanted to go do it. He's never completely done the mission. You know what? The boy's just not going to give it up. Fuck it. It's okay. Go ahead and go. So they pack up, and they set up, and they they get funding, and they head off into the jungle, and they start down the river, and they get off the river, and they start in the jungle and get onto the path where they think they might have scientifically found the path of where this is going to be, and the natives show up, and they, they manage to make peace and stop the killing for a moment and talk to him for a while, and the natives kind of lead him into the corner, and, and, and then they tie them up, and they're like, wait, why, what, huh? Oh, no, oh, and then, oh no. <laughs> and then at night... They carry them away from the camera up a dark hill where there's poles on fire leading up a mountain. Roll credits. I'm angry just hearing that. Now, this is what triggers Eric. We have the uh, dialogue afterwards where they say, him and his son were never seen again. So how the fuck do you know that the natives tied him up and carried him up a fire mountain? That's bullshit! You don't know that! It was the 1920s. He could have tripped on a rock and fell on a mosquito and died of malaria. <laughs> but instead, they bring up this cockamamie horse. You don't know that shit. Nobody came back from that expedition, so you don't know what the fuck happened. That just drives me nuts. And now I'm mad at him because, you stupid prick, you saw how many people died, and now you're taking your son into that situation? You dumb asshole, you both died. I'm glad you're dead. Fuck that movie. It's getting traded in as soon as humanly possible. And I'm doubly angry because most of the movie was good. Most of the movie, like, was shot very well, was acted well. It was it was shot beautifully. Beautiful jungle shit. Robert Pattinson was great. Charlie Hunan was great. Sienna Miller was great. Editing, not great. Movie, not good. No. No. <laughs> you should watch it sometime. Oh, I'm good. I'm you. good. Just hearing that synopsis, I'm good. Back to you. Okay. <laughs> now I'm, I'm going, Ooh. I'm losing my voice. I'm so pissed off. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to do a couple. Okay. <clears throat> Umbrella Academy might have to wait till next week. <laughs> your 
Mike is cutting out. Uh, Umbrella Academy might have to wait till next week. Okay. My my mic on your side is not important. Th- this mic is important. Okay. I just I, every now and then I can't hear you. That's because I'm flailing around and I'm pissed off, and I'm using the only headphones okay. I got left because all the cheap ones I buy are bullshit. <laughs> there you go again. And, and this one, <laughs> I just see arms flailing and uh... <laughs> and these have been through the washing machine six times. <laughs> it's probably because uh, I'm yelling. It's it's clipping and cutting it out. I don't know. I'll I'll calm down. Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> Whatever you said. Sure. Oh, great. <laughs> Oh, the podcasting gods are already like, oh, let's enough let enough good Skype for you. Time to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's Skype has been good. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Skype has been good. Knock on cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't knock on the drywall. You break a pipe. Come on, review a movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, it's like you just—it's like your sentences start and then. You're, it's just magically disappears. You're, it's a lot of magic in this show tonight. Oh, uh, okay, oh. so uh, <laughs> Lords of Chaos. I purposely, I had other movies I wanted to watch, but uh, a friend, acquaintance online on social media had commented about this movie. And he was like, that was almost as rough as Requiem for a Dream to watch. And I'm like, whoa. Back that train up. I'm interested. I want to hop on this train right now. Uh, so, Lords of Chaos is... Uh, so, I bought it off of uh, Voodoo. I'm like, I'm not going to bother running this movie because I like black metal and Norwegian black metal and uh, the cast. I'm like, this is a surefire thing. I'm going to buy it. So, it is on my Voodoo if you are interested. We shall see after my review, though. Two hours long. Uh, this is directed by Jonas... Ackerlund, and I I think that this guy's done some, um, oh, he directed Polar. There you go. And Spun, which I believe you really liked Spun. So did you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, <laughs> Lords of Chaos. A teenager's quest to launch Norwegian black metal in Oslo in the early 1990s results in a very violent outcome. This is based on a true story. Now, I'm not sure how accurate the, this is. I know that the the framework of the story is accurate from the from the police reports because this is some crazy shit that went down. This is um, uh, basically the the formation of Norwegian black metal by the band uh, Mayhem. Rory Culkin is the he's not the lead singer. He's the lead guitar player, and he is like we in. Very rapid succession in the beginning. We see him just rocking out with some of his, you know, his buddies on their instruments. And then as we progress very quickly, that's my one, that's like one of the faults of this movie is even at two hours, I think that this would have been better served to be like maybe even two and a half hours long to better flesh out the beginning. Uh, so, you know, the characters a little bit more before shit gets crazy because shit gets crazy in this movie. Uh, this is like, these guys are straight up Satan worshiping evil motherfuckers from teenager on up. Um, this movie, and I knew about what this band was all about a long time ago. Well, they portray that stuff in this movie down to some of the very, very gory details. This band was known for having like real animal remains on stage, like severed pig's heads, like rotting pig's heads 
on stage. The lead singer, who I'm not really a spoiler, but it, he he like starts to cut himself on stage, which is it's so disturbing, and I cannot get some of this shit out of my head today. And so I understand why this acquaintance of mine was talking about Requiem for a Dream that sticks with you. There's three main violent set pieces in this movie, and all of them are so harsh. And because the movie is so incredibly evil and oppressive, those scenes are made all the worse. Like, this is harsh stuff. Um, and it's, it's such a well-made movie. And, oh, my Lord, is it depressing. Fuck. And it's great. It's a, This is a great movie. This was... <laughs> it's not for everyone. But, anyway, these there's these three major set pieces in the movie, which they're, it's almost like this band is taking it... Here's level one. Let's take it to the next level. Let's start fucking burning down churches now because we're Satan worshippers. So, boom. You know what? Let's talk about maybe killing someone. Why don't we just do that because hail Satan? And then we go to... Oh, man. And the, just the paranoia and just... Oh, by the time the credits rolled... And that's another thing is there was little bits of... I'm not even sure how to describe the humor in this movie because it's not... I guess it's kind of dark humor, but it's it's different. It's almost it it almost doesn't fit, but it works as a way to just every now and then lighten things just ever so slightly. And the very end of the movie, they do that because the end of the movie is so god oh, so gruesome and so like something about like real crime stuff when someone's just getting stabbed. I've seen this literally thousands of times in horror movies, slasher movies, whatever. And it's, you know, like, yeah, you know, Friday the 13th, Jason, you get, get that stupid bad actor. It's different when it's an actor that you have been following on a journey for two hours and you know how this shit is going to end. And then how it's played out, it's not really glorifying violence. It's just matter of fact. It's, this is what happened. Here you go. And I'm like, oh fuck, that's like, that really happened. And it is so graphic and uh, I'm trying to think, like, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is another one that kind of comes to mind with that realistic portrayal of... Which I still happens. haven't seen yet, and I know exactly where it was located on Bob's shelf at the video store. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too, me and too. I, you always told me I need to check it out, and I just never yeah. quite got around to it, yeah. and if I ever see it on VHS, I'll be snapping it up. Rory Culkin is a great actor, and he was made to play this role. He looks wigged out on drugs the entire movie. He just looks... Oh, my God. Just... They put on that makeup, man. I'm like, yeah, you're Norwegian death metal. This was a great movie. I don't know where you'd fall on this movie. It's it's so damn evil, dude. I'll give it a shot. I'm like, a couple moments, I'm like, oh, I can't watch this and just get on with it. And they... This is... Being this is in the early 90s, they... They are all about metal, black metal, death metal, and horror movies. And so in the background, sometimes you see like Peter Jackson's uh, Dead Alive on and Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. And they make reference to some of those movies. And uh, it, that was kind of cool. And they even, the, the director actually does a kind of a cool dream sequence with Rory Culkin's character. And it's obviously a homage to Evil Dead, which I thought was really, really cool. But big thumbs up. That was a good movie. It should have been longer, though. It felt, especially in the beginning, like, Boom, 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 boom. We have to get, we have to quick get to where shit goes bad. And, um, I think that there's only one band member, original band member left alive, and they're, they weren't that old. So take that for what it's worth. But 
Good movie. <laughs> nice. Uh, you want one more? Yes, one more, and then I'll be done. All right. Uh, now, but by, by the way, I did watch American. I finished American. Do we want to talk about that today, or should we wait? No, until... not today. Nope. We got nope. you do uh, uh, one more here, kind of quickie. We'll do coming soon and wrap up. Okay, but I definitely want to discuss because that we need to talk. That'll a teaser for coming soon. Next week we will be breaking down the American. Excellent. Okay. Uh, last movie for me, and I was really hoping to get this one in today, uh, was Curse 3, Blood Sacrifice, because I hinted that last week from good old Scorpion, which is Bill's brother, Walt. See, it's a family affair. It's Walt is the brother of Bill, and he got Scorpion, and Bill got Code Red, and out shits Curse 3, Blood <laughs> Sacrifice, I guess. Uh, uh, Christopher Lee is in this, collecting a paycheck. And by collecting a paycheck, I mean he's physically there <laughs> and that's about it he got his paycheck which little little amount that it was um it's a blood sacrifice i guess uh this african tribesman is going to sacrifice a goat because because a ah, child died and when a child dies you gotta sacrifice an animal so that the shit quits or something i i don't know anyway <laughs> There's stupid Americans, obviously, of course, uh, in this plantation in Africa, South Africa. I honestly, and... I thought you were going to say when a child dies, a demon gets its wings. <laughs> Which kind of wraps up Lords of Chaos, yeah, I guess. A bit. <laughs> uh, um, but um, so the, this 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 goat murder was thwarted by Americans, you see, that are doing Americany things on plantations. Um, and very, in very short order, the, uh, the lady, the, the, the lead lady of the movie, she's pregnant. So you see where this is going. Kid, sacrifice, goat, blah, 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 blah. Um, so she just starts, like, she has to save this goat because, like, whoa, whoa, back to train up here. I, you know, I gotta save this goat because. Fuck a kid. I, because, <laughs> uh, because I need a, I need a death blood sacrifice curse put on me because of that. Anyway. So she stops the goat from being killed, and then, like, she just starts, like, rattling off shit like, I'm an American! Like, I'm an American! Like, throughout the movie a couple times, she makes it known, I'm an American. And I'm like, next thing you know, she's going to be wearing a MAGA hat, and she's going to be on social media and be called Plantation Patty or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, what are you it, doing? It should be lady? something like, normal followed by her name, like, Hamburger... Uh, Harry or yeah, something. Yeah. Plantation's already fucked up, so. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I don't get, I, I get like, you, though. That's awesome. but I, it was like, I don't understand why she was saying, like, you're American. Why? I, I get it. Okay, you are American uh, be, and they're African. Because they're generalizing Americans that actually do that kind of shit in other countries. Uh, br- what do you mean? Yes. I got to eat this without ketchup? Bring it to me. I'm an American. Bring, yes, yes. Why is there no ice in my glass of water? You I'm, fucking Europeans. I'm an American. Nope. I'm American. <laughs> But it was it was comical to me, especially because this movie is from 1991. And anyway, but anyway, so of course a blood sacrifice is put, or a curse or whatever is put on these stupid Americans because they're stupid. Well, and they got to live up to the title. I mean, it's curse three. There's yeah. got to be a curse. Yeah, and and I say a curse, blood sacrifice. I'm using that term loosely because there's lots of driving and talking about the curse. Very little actual cursing going on until the very end. Uh, but then by the, by the very end, we get a couple of heads lobbed off and some bodies sliced. And then 
just a random big uh, humanoids from the, the from the deep creature shows up. Just random big rubber suit green creature. I'm like, yes, there we go. Now bring on the mystery science theater. This is I'm that's random. This. I'm into this. Yeah, I'm like it's it's, but it has just a little bit of nudity and a little bit of blood and then a little tiny bit of rubber creature. So therefore, it gets a pass. It's it's not bad. I mean, it's it's decent for what it is. It's it's maybe a little racisty with with how it's just it's nineties. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, the rubber creature threw me for a loop there. Oh, but I'm going to spoil the movie because who gives a shit? Uh, the, the creature is, I guess. Well, I didn't give uh, a shit until you brought up the rubber creature. Now I feel like it's oh. spoiled for me. <laughs> the, the creature is defeated by well, one Christopher Sir Christopher Lee explaining why. The creature is a long spiel about his dad's brother's... Some bullshit, whatever. But there's this girl, this little neighbor girl, and she's got this little doll, and then they... I guess they burn the doll, and that makes the creature die? Roll credits! It makes no sense to me, but somehow... the daughter was one of the Lords of Chaos, who had summoned the soul of a demon into the doll, and the only way to kill the creature was through the doll. Oh, see, Johannes Ackerlund, he already knew way back in 1991 how Lords of Chaos would tie in with Blood Sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, maybe? Yeah, I just thank God it wasn't written by Fabio and Fabio. We got two minutes left, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> coming soon. Oh, for me? Um, boy, I feel like I've been... Okay, I'll through. go first. Uh, okay. The Martin Short movie I was talking about was Pure Luck. Rewatch that one. And have you ever watched it? I don't believe so. Uh, well, stay tuned for my review next week, probably. Uh, the Survivors with Robin Williams. Have you ever watched that movie? Yes, I did. That's a good movie, I, from what I remember. Me too. And the VHS is sitting over there just waiting for me to watch it. I'll get around to Umbrella Academy, I promise, at some point. The Porky's series, Bohemian Rhapsody, we watched, mm. finished up the other night. I want to talk about that. Uh, the Porky series. Let me derail about that for mm, about about one minute. So uh, I got all of the CBS Fox releases of that on VHS, which is kind of important because I saw on eBay that somebody was selling... They had the third one as a CBS Fox release, and then the first two were the re-releases done by Fox later, which those covers look like dog shit. Whatever, nerdy VHS talk. But they were selling the whole trilogy, the set as for 30 bucks. And I'm like, well, shit, motherfucker, I got all three on CBS Fox, the old school releases. They look beautiful next to each other. The first one's even a slider. It's That's how old it is. It's the wider one that slides out from the uh, the side. Watch part one, watch part two. Part three was halfway around because a bunch of savages live in this town, wherever I bought this. Uh, so put it in the rewinder, it rewound, and then it made a funny noise when it was done. I popped it out, that's weird. Put it in the player, and it, when I hit play, you know, it normally it goes ka-chunk, 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 nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun. This time it went ka-chunk, 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 nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun-nun. I'm like, that's weird. That's not good. And nothing is on the screen. No signal. No signal. Turns out, at some point, it, I don't know if it was the rewinder or whatever, but it popped the tape off the reel. Rewound it all the way. So, I don't want to get rid of this and get another one. So, I... Went on YouTube, trusty YouTube, and found instructional videos on how to, this and that, and the other thing. 
and managed to transfer my reels to another new... I had to get a new reel from a different thing because I couldn't even use the old reel. It was not... It, it's so old, it wasn't designed to be replaced. So there was no way to reattach the film. I had to get a different reel from a newer tape. Sorry, Forrest Gump, you were sacrificed. Uh, but there are many of you. You are plentiful. You can be found. Don't need you. <laughs> use that reel. Put it all back together. Lots of pieces inside those things. Lots more than I thought. Uh, yes, I know. It's time to pick up the kids. And popped it into the player and, fingers crossed, worked perfectly. So, was able to keep that cover. I, I might need to print out a new sticker, because I, I want to have the sticker on the tape. But, yeah. uh, I am able to keep the tape in the case and... it. Ah, another notch in my movie dork belt. I, I fixed a VHS tape. <laughs> awesome. There you go. What do you got coming soon? Uh, coming soon for me is uh, Vinegar Syndrome's Death by Temptation, directed by James Bond III. Um, it's a trauma movie, uh, so that should be wonderful. And uh, I've been watching Tales from the Dark Side till it just you know comes out my ears, nose, mouth, and ass. Um, Star Trek Discovery, I'll get to that review, Friday the 13th, the series, I'm, I'm into that enough to where it's starting to ooze out my ears and nose, but it hasn't reached other orifices yet, but it's TV Freaks! TV Freaks! Eugene style, that's all for me for now. Oh, and I didn't even talk about Captain Marvel in my, (laughs) 45 minutes of watching that, but we'll, I guess, get into that next week, because that's a whole nother bitch sesh right there. (laughs) We'll kick it off with that. Uh, all right, man, I got to pick up the kids from school as everybody right. listening to this right now is like, oh, we should call child services after that rant. <laughs> he really hates this jungle movie. I don't know what the problem is, but I'm afraid for his dog. <laughs> oh, good times. <sighs> all right. I, I got nothing. I didn't see the yeah, movie. I feel like great. I should wander off to the end of the nether regions of the jungle with Lucas or Hudson. and I, he They might not even have gone on another trip. He might have just looked at the sun and was like, we both hate this bitch, right? Because let's just fuck off. We'll tell her we'll go to the jungle. Nobody will ever know. We'll just go to Vegas. And yeah, and literally, Vegas was the first thing that popped in. Like, they're probably living in Vegas somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they are. They started it. <laughs> oh, perfect. It all comes full circle. Vegas vacation. Yeah. Lost city of V. <laughs> yes. There's your title. <laughs> I thank you. And good night. Oh. See you all. Don't wait. Wait, wait. Till next time. Bye. Oh, no, it doesn't work. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.